You've created your business and now it's time to protect it. Whether it's your podcast, speaking engagements that you do virtually or live on in-person stages or the community that you've built, you want to make sure that what you've created is taken care of and well protected. This is where AWB contract templates come in. They're customizable, quick and easy to complete and cost a fraction of working with a lawyer one-on-one. They have tons of options available so you can choose the ideal one for your business needs. It's an instant download. You get a Word doc template, you fill in the blanks and in about 20 minutes, you're all done. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash contracts today to pick out your new business contracts. And when you check out, be sure to use the code PLAY for 20% off your contract purchase. That's P-L-A-Y in all caps for 20% off. Protect your business with AWB contract templates. Hey, hey, great day and welcome back to Pause on the Play. This is again Erica Corday and I am so happy to see you here. We are on episode two and of course we are here to challenge you to examine your beliefs, question your predisposed notions and consider realities you may be unfamiliar with in order to understand that they too are real. I am your host, the conversation MC for the day here to get the dialogue going. And this is going to be a continuation of um, our last episode. It was myself along with India Jackson from India Jackson artistry, a imagery creation master who brings images to life and really just attaches that feeling to it. And we talk a little bit more about the perception of perfection and we get into some generational stories that uh, we everyone has some that are handed down and for me it's very important to begin to talk about these because sometimes it helps to take out the stigma of oh you're going through something I've never considered or you know I you're going through something that is very similar to something I've gone through and so you're opening up this space to be able to create some understanding and connection and dialogue around, oh, okay, I see. So now I have some backstory and I have some context and it makes a big difference. So uh, we talk about some of the things we've been given, some of the things around that. And again, these conversations are meant for you to be able to have your takeaways. So I'm going to let it go ahead and pop in here and hop in and tell us afterwards what you think As always come on over to Instagram. Let us know without further delay. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back, and myself, Erica Corday, here on Pause on the Play with India Jackson again. Hey, guys. So the last conversation we had, we kind of ended up talking about what does the responsibility or danger um, look like around this perception of perfection, and, um, you know, kind of what do I think as a coach, but also I think there's some life things come up because for you India you mentioned being a millennial and how things are very curated you know when I grew up you didn't have social media so people lived out loud in a different type of way because their life was not being captured for the camera and it wasn't about you know I'm on vacation I gotta take this selfie Um, or you know I'm on a date and I have to capture every moment of this date to show how perfect my relationship (laughs) is so those types of things were not there. Um, where 
a perception of perfection kind of came up for, for me in some ways. It, it would come up um, in the sense of racially or culturally or um, socioeconomically, you not being good enough if you didn't have a certain type of money. If, you know, for me, I grew up with a lot of the um, light skin, long hair thing within the black community. And then there's just the whole, well, we're not as good and we're carrying these stigmas because of uh, the standard of beauty that is set by white women. And I'm not going to say just white women, but it's going, it's set by society or people that are not of color and it didn't include people of color. Um, you know, if you looked at, like I grew up when like being a supermodel was a, a big thing and the Beverly Johnsons or the Naomi Campbells, I mean, they were the minority. It was, you know, um, Chrissy Turlington or, um, oh my gosh, I cannot remember her name, one of the main ones, but either way. Cindy you, thank you. That's exactly <laughs> who I was trying to reach for. It was right there. So, you know, the standard of beauty did not look like me or, you know, some of the people that I was around. Now, I, in a lot of ways, I was fortunate, um, and that's part of my privilege in growing up with a certain amount of diversity, um, but I also attracted that. I listened to the music I chose to listen to. I dated who I chose to date. I um, was friends with who I chose to be friends with. So while I had that, that still was not something that was lost on me, um, that there were some things there that gave this like, oh, well, I'm never going to be at that level. Um, at least that's what was tried to be given to me. I didn't mean that I necessarily picked it all up, but that was the standard. And so I think that it just looks different. So now a lot of it is social media. It is this, um, and I'm going to use a term that I've um, heard Demetria L. Lucas use that I love, and it's this Frankensteining of the female body. And, you know, your hair needs to be like this. Your skin tone needs to be like this. Your boobs need to be like this. Your waist needs to be like this. You know, your butt to boob ratio needs to be like this. And it's very much this, I'm going to take the pieces that I want and I'm going to create it. Again, that's dangerous because it's not reality and you are now making people feel less than because they don't see themselves represented. And I think that whenever you hit this place of I'm not representing the whole then you have a lot of people that can slip through the cracks and feel as though, well, I'm not showcased. I'm not put in the limelight. I'm not put in the forefront. I'm not heralded for anything positive. So therefore I'm not as valid. And that is, it shows up in the business community from, you know, I'm either not showing um, enough personality because I'm afraid to not be perfect or I'm showing too much personality out of fear of hiding and I have now had like verbal vomit and shared way too much because I don't know where that balance is. And that's kind of, to me, the danger of social media. There's a very, you know, kind of fine line that you want to try to stay in that zone because sharing too much, you, you know, you, you have a hard time being able to connect with people and they can't see you. So it's hard for them to know you and actually connect with you and, and, um, utilize your services but then if you do too much it can be off-putting and we've talked recently about um, a, a business leader for example who we used to follow and really liked her stuff and now it's like you are showing way too much and this feels very gratuitous 
and it feels very self-serving and it doesn't connect with us anymore as we have gone on our journey. But it's very obvious that if she didn't look the way that she looked, she probably wouldn't be able to get away with it. Nobody would see her and it wouldn't happen. Um, so giving some context to what you just said, <laughs> for those of you that don't know Erica personally, like I do, um, what she means by listening to what she wanted and hanging out with who she wanted to, you know, um, you listen to rock music, alternative music, pop music, like, and I did too. And that is not the norm for people that look like us, or at least it wasn't then in our communities, um, especially for you being in the Baltimore County area. Um, me mostly being on the DC side of Maryland. Um, and then having friends that looked like the rainbow, but in particularly having, for me, white friends, um, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> that being a thing that was not necessarily the norm. Mm -hmm. um, and then just going into, you know, the supermodel complex. Yes, you did have the Beverly Johnson, you did have the Iman and the Naomi Campbell, and they're beautiful women. However, they all had bone straight hair. They all had the ideal, as you said, Frankenstein body of, you know, the larger breasts, but the more narrow nose that is just not necessarily the standard for women who have African ancestors. Um, the smaller, more almond shaped eyes, you know, um, a particular shape to their eyebrows, you know, instead of the bushier hair. So there's a lot of, yes, they, they were black women and they're beautiful black women. But is that the norm for black women even? Or did you pick black women that had the feel palatable? They were more palatable. Yes. You didn't, you didn't, Alec Weck was about the darkest model that I had seen for forever. And when she came out, it was a thing, but she, I also felt like she was fetishized. Yes. Um, but natural, even with her, she didn't, they, they cut all, you know, I don't know if it was her or uh, her, the image that they portrayed of her, but she didn't have hair. So natural hair absolutely was not put into any type of spotlight as far as, you know, not just on the runway, but modeling as, as a whole in a magazine or anything like that. If, if, and, and I might be wrong, so be, you know, correct me, India, but if I'm not mistaken, the first time that Vogue ever had a black woman on their cover was last year when Beyonce was on the cover. And she did that uh, edition. Like she took over that month. And I could be wrong. So if I'm wrong, just correct me. But I know for sure she was the first black celebrity, the first black person. I'm not 100% sure on that. Um, but I, I think that, you know, what comes to mind is this idea of needing to be perfect. So when you've never seen a woman with natural hair, you know, being featured as a model, but you want to become a model, it can instill this thought into you that you have to go relax your hair and put a toxic chemical onto your skull <laughs> that is absorbed into your skin you know mm -hmm. if that's your choice that's your choice i've relaxed my hair before it's currently relaxed but that pressure should not come from our society to say well if i don't do this i can't be a model 
you know, because um, I've yes. never seen it before. You know, I've literally had people make comments about that. Um, but then on the other side of that, you know, the, the piecing together the body parts that you want to keep, the Frankenstein human, so to speak, like, I feel like at one point the standard for to be like the hot beach babe, <laughs> now I'm telling my age, uh, but Pam Anderson. The Pamela Anderson, yes, exactly, yes. You know, and that was not a normal body for your average white female. Like, this is not realistic. You know, her hair wasn't necessarily realistic. Um, her breasts weren't necessarily realistic either. And the fuller lips, I mean, your average white woman just doesn't have that without Botox. And that's okay. But I don't see that at all in a black woman. A black woman just doesn't look like that. And so I feel like fast forward now and for a while that had been Kim Kardashian, mm -hmm. you know, and so it can make in the social media world, especially with millennials and younger feel like I need to go get the boob job. I need to go get the Botox and I need a perfect hourglass figure with this unrealistic size, butt on this tiny waist that even a bodybuilder can't get in the gym. Mm -hmm. And so I remember a period, um, wow, I want to say it was around 2008, where all of these girls were going and they were getting injections in their butts, you know, or they, if they had money or could get money from a man, which is a whole nother conversation, yeah. <laughs> they yeah. were, um, you know, getting the Brazilian look where you literally got the fat sucked out of your abdomen area and put into your butt, you know, and... I watched so many women in the industry that I was shooting at the time, which was music video girls who couldn't afford it, but they needed to get the next level up from being the background girl to being like the girlfriend in order to make the money and what they were doing. And so you saw all these stories of women getting like these in-home butt injections from some random person and come to find out some of these people are injecting like the caulking that goes in your bathtub and they were getting all these infections, ending up in the hospital, almost dying just to have a bigger butt. Like, and it just makes me take a step back to say the power that we have over how people see themselves when we lead with this unrealistic idea of what perfection is and that we need to be perfect. And I think that that's the thing that carries over into multiple areas of our lives. I think it exists um, being a, a, a mother or a parent with, you know, having these picture perfect, you know, my kids don't get sick. My kids didn't, you know, cry or give me trouble with, you know, trying to sleep train at night or, you know, they're always like ready to go and they're never messy and their temperament is ideal. No, that's not real. I have two children that are extremely intelligent, which means that they can tend to be a little mouthy because they think they know better than me. They've been here before and they've done this before. <laughs> and, you know, but that goes against what they te try to teach you to be as a mother because it's like, you can't be frustrated. Like everything has got to be perfect. Your house is perfect. You know, everybody's eating these, these perfect meals every day and there's, there's, there's no help. And it goes into being, you know, a, a wife, you know, you are perfectly put together at all times. 
you know, all your body parts are in the right place, AKA you never actually had to push a child out and have them rearrange your organs and put stuff back in the wrong place. Like you are Mr. Potato Head. Why my eyes there? You know, (laughs) so you're not given the space to be able to be these things, if not. And then when you go into the business realm, you have to be exactly who you're going to be as this business owner from the word go. The progression you're not seeing. The, you know, the, the, the possible long nights or the early mornings or the frustration or the, holy shit, this is way more than what I thought I was signing up for or how lonely it can be or, you know, what it looks and feels like to find your tribe, you know, on the, the challenge you're in when you're looking for them. But then the, the beauty of when you do and what that connection looks like and what it is to connect with and support other women as opposed to the cattiness that is showcased in, you know, soap operas or, you know, whether it's daytime soap operas or even the nighttime types of soap operas of what women actually interact like. And that's, that's I hate to tell you, but that's all a lie. That's another one because I was raised to believe that. And that's not true. That's been the farthest thing from the truth for me. And I can, again, that's a whole nother conversation. But you're told that all of these things are Frankenstein into this perfection. And it's such a lie. And people feel afraid to show the process, the progression, what it looks like to truly be any or or, or multiple, let alone all of these things. I'm a wife, I'm a mother, I'm a business owner, and I'm I'm a person. So all of these things don't always land perfectly together when you throw it in the air and it falls on the ground to make the puzzle of how they fit together. And to sit here and tell somebody that like, for I'm sitting here right now in my sweaty gym clothes because I got my workout in and we wanted to get this conversation set before <laughs> I have amazing calls with, with women that, you know, I, I, I love and respect today as well as business calls where I'm making money. But, you know, this is the stuff that you're not seeing because this is real. And doesn't nobody, nobody wants to give you real. They want to give you pretty and curated and easy to digest. I call bullshit on all of it. I agree with you 100%. I think that when we live in a world that has so much fear and so much um, pushing for perfection, um, or perceived notion that you have to be perfect, it's no wonder that mental health will be one of the largest health concerns of our future. You know, if, um, if we could ever decide that it actually is a, you know, health crisis and, and the same way that right now opioids are a problem, but mental health is a problem and we yes. don't give it enough attention. We really don't. We put too much stigma around being perfect. And so people can't acknowledge when they're not. And that's feeding the beast. Yes. And you say feeding the beast, but that is exactly why. I feel like I need a clout. It's exactly why. (laughs) (laughs) At India Jackson Artistry, we focus on working with clients and getting them to the point where they are ready and willing 
to showcase the unseen, the unperfect bits unapologetically. Because when we live in a machine of feeding the machine of perfection, that is how you start the change. That is how you start to show what is real. You know, this is how you create the change. And when you begin to do that, I find that my clients go from a phase of, oh shit, oh shit, I am so scared to do this. You know, I'm so scared to show the long, hard work, you know, the, the mm -hmm. sleepless nights, the, you know, everything that goes into being a business. Yep. Um, but then it goes from, oh shit, to now that we've done this and we put it out there, oh shit, the business is rolling in because people know, like, and trust us. We disrupted the system. Disruption. So, I'm actually going to pause us there and I want us to come back and talk about disruption because that's a huge thing and that's exactly what is a cornerstone for us in everything we do in life and business. So I am going to hop off with India Jackson of India Jackson Artistry. So when you feel as though you're at that point and you need to decide how to bring that authenticity and disruptor piece into your business, that's where you need to seek her out so that she can begin to help you with your imagery. And we will be back. I am here for Ask All the Things calls, of course, when you want to talk about this. But we got a whole lot more. So we'll be back. See, I told you I love it, right? Great conversation. And you really just get these little, you know, truth bombs and just nuggets of knowledge out of it. Great everything. So if you love this, pause on the play. This is just one of the iterations of how I use conversation to create connection. The conversation workshop is another. This is a series where I talk with a guest, very similar to what I did today, about topics like diversity and inclusion within your marketing or even creating diversity within wellness spaces. The difference is, is we also give you space to have a live Q&A with us so you can get support. These conversations are not complete without you. Hop on over to ericacorday.com. Check out the show notes for the information and links as well. And register for the upcoming episode so you can get personalized support to further your growth. The conversations we have here are to normalize the challenging things and make them a part of your normal exchanges. This is how we remove stigma and create real change and connection. Cross lines and recreate boundaries to support, not separate. If you enjoyed this podcast, show me some love by subscribing, sharing it with a friend, or leaving us a review. Reviews are the fuel to keep the podcast engine going. Let's get more people dropping the veil and challenging their thoughts, feelings, and actions. Speaking of keeping it going, if you don't already follow and engage with us over on Instagram at Erica Corday, come on over there and do that. I really want to talk with you, so DM me and let's do this. I love being here and creating the bridge for you to walk over to become the change that you want to see. So join us next time. And until then, keep the dialogue going. Bye. Ready to get clear on what matters? Let's do this. From implicit to explicit is a framework that helps you to get clear on what matters and how it informs the way you live 
and lead in your workplace. Whether it's focusing on the team building and connection that can happen when you talk about what matters to you as a person or how it informs the outcomes that you seek in your business, it can all completely change the game. Having clarity on what your values are and how this shapes the way your work creates the foundation for every action that you take and then sharing this information across your team explicitly. This is what creates confidence and integrity in what it is that you are creating and sharing with the world. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash explicit to learn more about this collaborative and interactive workshop and sign up today. Ready to lead through your values?